What's up, tacos? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming at you for a week 16 preview of the NFL. Uh, a lot of stuff happened this past week. If you have not listened to it yet, go back and listen to the episode that came out on Tuesday. Trees went solo as I was trapped in St. Louis. Not because people in Missouri don't know how to drive in the snow, you son of a bitch, but mainly because the people that do the road work in Missouri like to sit on their ass until they see it start snowing and they go, all right, I'm going to go clean up the snow now. Like, that's just the way Missouri handles it. They never expect the snow to be here, and then when it hits, oh, shit, maybe we should do something about it. And by that time, there's about 17 people in a car wreck, and unfortunately, a couple people have already probably passed away because of it. You hate to see it. It's the way Missouri does it. It happens every single year. It just it is what it is. So I was trapped in St. Louis. I had nothing with me. I wasn't about to do it on Lauren's computer, and I didn't watch really much of the games because after the Chiefs game, her mother decides to grab the remote and turn the channel, and that was about the only football game I got to watch this past weekend. No hard feelings. I'm not upset. Just a little frustrated. Not upset, though. But here we go. We're going to preview Week 16. And, Trees, was there anything else that you said at the beginning of that last episode where you went solo that I should probably uh, recognize here? Uh, probably not. Probably not. All right. <laughs> so, question for you. What did her mother turn on the television? Um, all I know is that they went to Channel 50, and it was some Christmas movie, and it stayed on there for the rest of the day. Hate to see it. Yep. I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Well, I'm glad you got home safe, first yes. off. Uh, second off, I still don't believe that you know how to drive in the snow. Sir, you're talking to a happen. kid that grew up in a small town of 700 people, and when it snowed, that meant it was time to start drifting. So I would hit a dirt road in my truck, and I would just <laughs> tail whip it all the way down the dirt road. So you got to a bridge, and then you'd have to slow it back down and get up over the bridge safely, and then you could go at it again. I'm fine in the snow. It's everyone else in this state that's not good in the snow. Right. Yep. Total. That sounds that sounds reasonable. So we'll, we'll go with that. Tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, something that's not reasonable to me is what the owner of the Detroit Lions said today. So uh, bringing back their head coach and GM. Going into 2020, he comes out and says, or she, she's the owner, right? She, it's a, it's yep. a woman. Um, and she says, yep, they're coming back. And I don't understand. Um, what is the old head coach? Uh, Caldwell. What was his yeah, first name? Jim Caldwell. Jim, thank you. His worst year as the head coach there was seven and nine or something like that. Um, why? Like, if he gets the axe, why do these guys not get the axe? I don't understand it. I think the reason is, is because that they were winning, like, they were 7-9, and nine, but there wasn't any foundation for them to continue to build off there, I feel like. I know that might sound a little silly, but I just don't feel like there were any key pieces for them to keep building their team around, and there wasn't much... There wasn't anything very exciting about Jim Caldwell. Like, it was just, hey, there's Jim Caldwell. Like, I know that sounds silly, but that's that's probably how the fan base, they viewed him. Oh, he's 7-9. He's not very relatable. He's just kind of quiet. He keeps to himself. And we're not doing too hot. Let's get rid of him. Let's get the defensive coordinator from the Patriots. 
We just watched them lose in the Super Bowl. We just watched them win in the Super Bowl. Hell, let's bring them here, see what we can do. Awesome. That's great. They got some foundation pieces. They spent some money. Matthew Stafford breaks his freaking back two years in a row. You're losing. You suck. And then the thing that I think the blame should go on is a guy who's been there the last two coaches, and that's Bob Quinn. You have a GM who's not putting talent on the field. Like, yes, he went and spent money and put some talent there, but through the draft, there's nothing there. Running back-wise, nothing there. I mean, as a head coach, you can only do so much, especially when it's your second year there, and you have a GM who's been there, and it continues to produce nothing for you. So he must have some type of relationship with the owner. I'm not talking like in that type of way. I'm just saying that their bond or like relationship must be like close for her to continue to think that he is the answer at the general manager position. I just, I'm not seeing it translate into the team and on the field for the head coach, but that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Patricia's not very like relatable or anything either. He just wears a backwards hat and has a pencil. Like, that's the only difference between him, him and Caldwell at this point. Well, yeah, but he came from the old New England boys. Came from Bill Belichick. Came from the GOAT. He must be a good coach. He must know what he's doing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I just, I will say, expect another, eh, let's say let's say they get to 7-9 and nine next year. Let's just say they get to that. Um, and he's fired. And then he's fired. Um, it's <clears throat> obviously the team was doing a lot better when Stafford was healthy. So you, you know, you got to put that into account, but man, the whole team just looks like garbage. Sure. Like, okay. Stafford's gone. Offense takes a big hit. That has nothing to do with the defense. And sure. You can say like, yeah, they, it takes its toll on you. But I mean, I went through this with the Jags with having Blake Bortles. The, uh, the defense was still stepping up the entire first half. Sure. The, Maybe the second half of games, they start, like, dying down a little bit. But, like, they were making plays and doing a whole bunch of shit of keeping the game close. And the Lions, I just feel like, like, even if they're, it's close, like, you feel like there's no chance of winning. At least with the Jags, you felt like, hey, they're still probably going to win this game because they can find ways to get offense going. Like, they can be creative, creative enough to get a guy open for a big drive if need be. Lions, I just feel like they're just so vanilla on offense and defense. Like, that's the biggest thing. They just feel just blah. That's when I watch them, that's how I feel. I mean, you're exactly right. Like, that entire franchise is just kind of like blah right now outside of Megatron and Barry Sanders as a whole. Other than that, you're like, bruh, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Cool colors, Ford Field, you know. That's That's about it. A quarterback with a broken back. Hell of an arm. Mm-hmm. What up, Detroit? That's really it. That's really all I have to say about that team. Uh, yep. One thing that's not blah is going to be Mr. T-Sizzle heading to KC to join Chiefs Kingdom. Terrell Suggs was picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs off the waiver wire. He comes in. The moment the Chiefs picked him up, Every Ravens fan that you could see on social media was, he's not going to report. He's not reporting because he's not on the Ravens. Well, guess who reported yesterday? Terrell Suggs. Guess who spoke to the media in Kansas City for the first time? Terrell Suggs. Guess who he praised? 
Steve Spagnola, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. He was unsure if he was going to fit in Kansas City. He's on tape talking to the media going, you know what? I didn't know if I was going to fit. Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo both go, hey, you'll be just fine. And in the middle of his press conference or meeting in the locker room, there's players that you can just, you can hardly hear him talking because there's players in the background playing 21 in the locker room because the Chiefs have a basketball goal in the locker room. So you just hear him yelling back and forth at each other. There's some bickerment. It's kind of funny, but you just see that Terrell Suggs, he's new. But you can tell that he's gonna be—he's gonna find a way to get comfortable, and he's gonna find his niche in that team. And I think he's gonna help produce. So I'm glad to see him in Kansas City. I think it's a big help heading into the postseason, especially with Emmanuel Ogba and Okafor going down with injuries. This is the perfect time for him to come in and play. Is Okafor on IR? Um, I don't know if he's on IR yet, but I know—I mean, he tore his pec, his pectoral muscle this last game, so he might as well be. Yep, makes sense. Um, yeah, I was uh, kind of surprised that they ended up being the ones that signed him. I thought somebody else was going to claim him, to be honest. I thought somebody a little bit lower was going to try to s- sneak up on everybody and be like, hey, we got this and we can convince him to come here because we're barely in the playoffs right now. But like, you know, like one of those like wild card type teams that are like, hey, no, we're in the playoffs. Like come here and like make a difference to put us over the top. Yep. Um, and then another guy that got passed on that the Chiefs actually passed on was Janoris Jenkins. Yeah. Guy who lands in New Orleans. That's someone we didn't have on our list, but we should probably talk about Janoris Jenkins, who's been kind of battling somewhat of an injury. I don't know if he's battling the injury because he's playing for the New York Giants and he just doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, maybe he goes to the Saints and just goes, you know what? I'm healthy. Let's ball. Maybe that helps out for them. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? We'll see. Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins didn't work in New York. Somehow it's probably going to work in New Orleans. Just the way it works out sometimes. Uh, The next topic that we need to talk about is something I'm just going to shut my mouth on because I don't really have much to say. And Therese has plenty to say. Uh, As I received a phone call the moment it happened, I thought something happened. I thought he died. I thought someone else died. I didn't know what the fuck took place. Therese just randomly called me the moment I walked in the door. And he goes, they did it. They fucking did it. And Treese, who did what? The Jaguars, Shad Khan, you fantastic owner of you, finally pulled the trigger and fired Tom Coughlin. You all have been sick and tired of me bitching and complaining about this for months. So it's finally done. The deed is done. And yes, I did call you. Got the alert on my phone and my watch, and I'm like, I gotta call AC. Called him up. Yep, said it's over, it's done. He had no idea what I was talking about. I told him, he's like, oh, you gotta be happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking happy. Austin, yes, thank you for being here for me. Um, <clears throat> as I spoke about last episode, um, it actually got news, more news broken. It got kind of worse and worse as things got, I'm, I mean, brought up, I guess you can say. Uh, Tom Coffin was basically finding every player for any possible reason he could. Uh, cause he's the most old school dude ever, uh, end up finding, uh, Dante Fowler Jr.'s like $700,000 for multiple things, like not showing up during off season to report to the training staff to see how his injuries were and all sorts of stuff. AJ Boye has gotten suspended a few times. Obviously Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey has been very vocal on social media the last couple days. If you haven't seen that. Um, and he's like, I tried to tell you guys. Yeah, we all knew Jalen. We're right. We all knew he's gone. You can come back now. 
Fuck LA. It's not that cool of a place. We all know this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm so happy. Shad Khan came out and said, hey, like earlier in the fall, I decided that I was going to make this change already, but I was going to let the season play out, which in my eyes means everybody's gone. You made the decision earlier this fall that everyone's gone, and you just haven't made that decision yet. You just had to make this one earlier because of all this news breaking, and it's a very bad look on Tom Coughlin because everybody knew it was Tom Coughlin. So um, good for him. And now there's reports like Coughlin came out trying to be the bigger, you know, a big man, and just been like, hey, like, thank you for the opportunity. Like, I appreciate it. Trying to be very professional. But then he. Now there's reports that just came out like right before we started this. It's like, yeah, Tom Coughlin was actually going to retire after this year anyways. I'm like, yeah, the fuck he was. Sure, sure. he was. Yeah, sure he was. So what I'm stoked about is Shad Khan actually said, I am taking Tom Coughlin's position, obviously, for the rest of this year, which is awesome because like he didn't just like give it to somebody else. I want Shad Khan to be that guy. I want him to realize – who does what when it comes to football. So he can make a good educated decision come early January of this guy wasn't doing much. Get him the fuck out of here. He wasn't doing anything. Get him the fuck out of here. He didn't care about winning. Get out of here. Like clean house. But now you get like to sit in and really understand what I love about Con is he tries to not be involved. Like I, I think that's good for owners. Like you're the owner, like you don't have to always be involved in the football day-to-day. Like, high level, you obviously need to understand. It's your business at that point. But, like, it's like a CEO, right? Like, not always you need to be involved, but, like, you need to know what's going on. For, like, big companies, startup companies, totally different, but, like, big organizations. So, um, I'm pumped about that. Super excited. Um, I think it's great. Uh, it's hard to like pick. Oh, I'm so happy that like somebody got fired. Like it, it's kind of heartless, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, eh, it's a business, right? And like you put a lot of time and money into it as a fan. Like you want somebody that really cares about winning and doing things the right way and being up with the times. Like so, yeah, go away, Tom Coughlin. <laughs> I'm super pumped. I'm very excited. Like I'm already like trying to think of like who is good for a VP of personnel. Like who who is an option that they can hire this offseason. I would definitely love to see you put together a new like coaching roster of who you would like to be there for the Jaguars heading into next season. I think that's something you should definitely do, and we'll both just blow up because I'm sure you already have a rough idea of who you want in every spot, and we'll need to make that an episode as well, especially for your team. My team, I think we're okay for now. <laughs> Thank fucking God that we are been too damn long of us not but happy for you happy for the jacksonville jaguars hopefully Jalen ramsey finds a way back to jacksonville <laughs> probably not gonna happen nope. but nope. <laughs> but that is it so now let's go ahead and get into the week 16 preview there is no more thursday night football games last week was the last matchup now we get into Saturday games, which I thoroughly enjoy now that college football season is pretty much over until bowl games start, which I believe is next week, correct? Do those start as early as next week? Bowl games uh, for college football. Yep, yep, that sounds right. Looking okay. at the calendar. 
I think we both just said, holy shit, we just take a wild guess there. But Week 16 preview, our first game on Saturday. The Houston Texans are traveling to Tampa, where the Texans are favored by three. This is a noon game on Saturday. There are three on Saturday itself, the 22nd of December, I believe, if I'm correct there on my dates. Look at me go. I sure am. So, this game, Texans favored by three. They're coming off two close games. Well, one game... Let's let me backtrack here. The the last three games for the Texans, they beat the Patriots, they get blown out by the Broncos, and then they barely beat the Titans, which honestly could go kind of either way because the Titans got screwed over with a, uh, a one second left call from the from the refs. They're probably not going to go score, but hey, Tennessee miracle, we've seen it happen before. Probably could have seen it again there, but Texans win. Now they're going into Tampa, who Jameis Winston just had a career game, had 300 yards passing in the first half. After that, he just exploded, um, helped a couple teams in fantasy championship, not my team, just a couple other people's teams, um, pretty much the teams that I was playing against. So I hated to see it. He'd love to see it. They'd love to see it. So this game's going to be a lot closer than we realize. But to get to the point, I'm going to take the Texans to win. I think they're just more of a complete team. Evans is not playing. The secondary for the Texans um, is a hell of a lot better than who the Bucks have played as of late. I think they find a way to win. This is a game for the Texans to kind of get things rolling again and keep ahead of the AFC South and into the playoffs. This is the time for them to start really figuring things out. I uh, totally agree with you there. Uh, not only Evans out, but Chris Godwin is going to be out most likely. I mean, that's what made this offense so good was those two receivers and they're both out or most likely out. They haven't announced Godwin, but still hasn't practiced this week, Saturday game. It's Wednesday. They didn't practice. Like you're not, you're probably not playing. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think the Texans know that they need, this is a game they need to win to just, obviously you don't next week. I'm trying to figure out tiebreaker. I think if they win this, maybe they win the division uh, because they'd have a one-game lead on the Titans. They play each other next week, but I think the strength of schedule and everything would give them the win. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but either way, like you don't you don't want to head into that final game against the Titans off of a loss and knowing like you absolutely have to win there. And yeah, I think that this is a huge game for the wide receivers like Will Fuller and obviously Hopkins and all those guys. I think that the Bucks just aren't going to have any answer for them. Awesome. Going into our next game, and this is a big one. This is a 3.30 matchup on Saturday. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to New England to face the Patriots, where the Patriots are favored by 6.5. I'm taking the Bills. Maybe they don't win, but they at least cover the 6.5. And And really the only way that they do that is by playing mistake-free football. That's kind of hard for teams to do against the Patriots. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but every team fucks up one way or another when playing the Patriots. But I think Buffalo realizes how good they are, how good they can be, and how much noise they can make in the AFC if they can find a way to beat the Patriots here. So I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I also am taking the Buffalo Bills. Singletary, huge game here. I know it's going to happen, and... Um, sure, they're going to probably shut down John Brown, but then the other another receiver is going to have to step up this game, which hasn't happened all year, but I truly believe one of them is finally going to step up this game. Singletary him, 
Josh Allen making plays with his legs, and then Tom Brady hasn't played well recently, and I think that this defense is going to just eat them apart just like they ate apart Hodges on Sunday night. Yep. I completely agree with you there. I love it. Now, our next matchup, the Saturday night game, the Los Angeles Rams are traveling to San Francisco where the 49ers are favored by 6.5. The Rams are coming off of beating against the Cowboys, and the 49ers are coming off a loss against the Atlanta Falcons, who pretty much just played their Super Bowl for the year. But I'm taking the 49ers. They have got to be pissed off at themselves on the way they played against the Falcons. You can just tell that they overlooked them all week. In the game, the Falcons just looked a lot more focused and involved early on, and the San Francisco 49ers were just kind of going through the motions, thinking that it was an easy W, and then were shocked with the loss. So the 49ers recover this week and come up with a big win. Yeah. Six and a half, I think, is a little high for this. Made me want to take the Rams because I think it might be a little bit closer. I am going to take the Niners, though. I think that they might be able to pull out a seven-point win, but they're for sure going to win this game because they know if they lose this game, they do not get round one by. Like because they can't go into next week down to or down a game, right? Like you you have to win this, so then week seventeen is the deciding factor on what team gets the one seed, what team gets the five seed out of them in Seattle. I think they try to run it down the Rams throats, just like the Cowboys did. Speaking of that, did you think about me when the Cowboys were dominating? Yeah. And I remember you calling me out on the last episode as well. Austin, I, I tried telling you, I tried telling you Cowboys were going to win. Damn boy. Were you right? Zeke was <laughs> fucking rolling, <laughs> but dude, they, they looked really good, but like, it's weird. Like this year, I kind of feel like that's what the Rams are. Like, they just like they lose these big games, the games that are like starting to get hyped a little bit, like because they start doing better, and then they just like don't show up. This team's the Rams team is just super weird, um, and I kind of feel like it's going to be the same thing here. And I hope it happens. I hope they lose again because I want another loss on their record because I want them to be pick around fifteen, sixteen for the draft because the Jags get their pick. So um, <laughs> hey, keep on losing. Uh, keep not making the playoffs. Let's see how. Let's see how this team and all these players react come week 16 and 17 now that they're basically out of the playoffs. How are these players reacting after majority of them were in the Super Bowl last year and they were in the playoffs the year before that, right? Like, I just feel like you got some guys that have temper problems, some of them from Jacksonville. Uh, Let's see how they handle it. What do you think the issue is with the Rams? Do you think it's coaching? Do you think it's the defense? Or is it strictly just Jared Goff? Um, no, I think what well, I think it's more offensive line than anything for the offense. I just think the offensive line is just garbage. Uh defensively, I think they have like three or four really good players, but everybody else is just not as good as what everybody thought. Right, you have Donald. I think Fowler's okay. Like he has his moments. He he's like a flash player. He's not a consistently good player. Uh, you know, I love Littleton in the middle. Uh, I think he's a stud at linebacker. Defensively, you have Ramsey who shuts down a corner, and then you have Weddle who's pretty good, but getting older, but still pretty good. And that's kind of it. Everybody else, I kind of feel like just is like. You were ho- they were hoping 
all of these other players would step up this year, and they just haven't. So they just don't have the talent there. But the problem is, is like they don't have cap space and they don't have draft picks this year to make that better. So it's going to be up to coaching to get these guys to be become better. A big yikes there in Los Angeles for the Rams, kind of for the freaking Chargers as well. But let's go ahead and head into our next matchup here on the East Coast. The, oh, my God, I about said the Philadelphia. The Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by three heading to New York to face the Jets. Jets have looked kind of okay the last couple weeks, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers. I don't think they're happy with the way that they lost. Duck Hodges is not happy with his performance against the Buffalo Bills. Um, the last two interceptions that he threw in that game – I mean, he's got to be beating himself up about because if he just puts a little bit more loft on that second one, that's probably a touchdown or at least a better contested ball or a better option for his guy. But I got to take Pittsburgh here. I think we're pretty much agreeing on every game. I think I do have a feeling that's going to change quite a bit, though, as we get further down this list. Um, I actually know it's going to. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking the Steelers here for a W. Yeah. Steelers know they have to win to keep to stay in the playoff, right? They have to win to be six seed. They lose and the Titans win. They are the seven seed going into the final week. So yeah, they have no choice but to win. And I think TJ Watt knows that he's probably defensive player of the year favorite or runner up right now. And he wants that. And so he probably is going to put a little bit more emphasis on this game, especially with a very poor offensive line for the jets. I think he knows a three sack game could probably put him as the favorite going into the final week of the year. And then I think that they probably find ways. I think Juju finally plays again. I think they try to get Connor the ball a little bit more kind of had to ease him into it. Um, and then they know they just need to find a way to get one big play to James Washington. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Awesome. And you mentioned T.J. Watt. When you have um, a brother that is a multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year winner marketing you for Defensive Player of the Year this season on social media, you probably have a pretty good chance of winning it because everyone's going, huh, if he sees it, then you know what? I see it too. Defensive player of the year right there. J.J. Watt said it. Let's go for it. So I could potentially seeing that happen. I think it becomes between who? Him, Bosa, Gilmore. I don't think Bosa should even be in the conversation anymore. I know. Sweet. We, I, know I didn't want to put him there, that. but. No, like he's not even the rookie defensive rookie of the year. You saying Josh Allen is? No, I'm saying Bosa's going to win it, but he doesn't deserve it. Allen deserves it. I agree. I agree with you. More tackles, more sacks, less uh, – or sorry, more sacks, more f forced fumbles, less tackles for loss, but 73 less snaps, dude. And it like – it their stats are almost identical, and it's 73 less snaps. It's easy. Basic math. You would think – you would think – and another guy out there that probably deserves defensive, defensive player of the year type hype, Tyrone Matthew. I said Tyrone, Tyrion Matthew. I think I just said his name wrong both times. Honey Badger. Yeah, you did. Um, Why do I have such a hard time saying his first name? Tyron, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. There we yeah, go. Yeah, that's fine. There you go. Tyron that's Matthew. good. Okay. That's good. I said Tyrone and Tyron. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fair. 
Yep, just throwing it out there. Let's just go ahead and excuse the fact that I fucked up his name twice. Um, Next matchup, the New Orleans Saints are traveling to Tennessee where the Saints are favored by three. Titans coming off a tough loss. I already mentioned that earlier, but the Saints are coming off a freaking blowout win against another AFC South team, and I think they just keep it rolling against the Titans here in Tennessee and just kind of smash their hopes of making the playoffs this season. I think they just crush them, they end it, and that is it for the Tennessee Titans after this matchup against New Orleans. Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) I'm taking the Titans. I think that they're upset about that loss. I think they think that they should have beat the Texans, uh, and they should have, realistically. Uh, I just don't think the Saints play very well away from the Superdome, so I think the Titans are tough enough on defense to slow them down, and they're going to use their power offense to try to overpower the Saints' defense. Uh, somebody, uh, Corey Davis is going to have to have a big game to win, to win this, though. Lattimore is going to be on A.J. Brown. So Corey Davis is going to have to beat Eli Apple. That's that's what it comes down to. Uh, Marcus Williams, I hate to say it because he's a former Ute, but he has struggled a lot this year. And I think that they try to attack him deep down the field. Awesome. Now our next game, the Carolina Panthers are traveling to Indianapolis where the Colts are surprisingly favored by six and a half. I'm taking the Panthers. After watching the Colts last week and just the dismantling that they received from the Saints, I don't see how they're favored by six and a half here. The Panthers didn't look too hot against Seattle. I realized that. But, damn, I mean, they, they still got playmakers. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, guy we talk about every freaking week, I feel like. He's still there. And then Will Greer getting the start. This is a guy that we haven't seen start yet. We haven't seen play down in the NFL besides the preseason. And then the Colts are favored by six and a half. If that's the reasoning. Well, you're about to be surprised when Mr. Will Greer finds a way to start throwing to the left and they win this game. Oh, I'm so excited for this game just because I want to watch Will Greer play some football. Uh, I also am taking the Panthers here, and it's the reasoning is Will Greer. End of discussion. Like, that's it. Also, the Colts look like garbage, and you can tell the players are like, yep, we're not making the playoffs. Let's, uh, let's get ready for our vacations in January and February. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up and just head into the offseason and get ready for <laughs> yeah. next year. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Our next game, man, you talk about just a freaking a brown bull here, like just a toilet bull. This is Cincinnati Bengals versus the Miami Dolphins in Miami where the Dolphins are favored by a whopping one point. Uh, this is a tough game, but I'm taking Cincinnati. I told you, I ain't taking the Dolphins no more this season. I'm fucking done. The Bengals... I think they had a legitimate chance at beating the Patriots. Now, when I say legitimate chance, I'm talking about a small one, like maybe half a percent chance of beating the Patriots. But, hey, I'm saying there was a chance. And then at some point, Andy Dalton goes, you know what? Too too interesting of a game. Let me just fucking do what I do best and just throw this on bitch away. Pick six, game over. Patriots went rolling from there. But this game, I am taking Cincinnati. I also am taking Cincinnati. You son of a bitch. You just changed it. I put us both down as Miami because I kind of thought we both were going to take Miami. And then I was like, well, know what, though? Uh, I actually was like, Dolphins are not going to be able to stop Joe Mixon. Yep. Ding. And and that's, what's gonna, that's what the deciding factor for me is, is Joe Mixon's just going to go off again for the third straight week. And it's going to be funny because the Bengals are going to win – 
yet they're still going to be the one seed. Like, you get to win a game. Hey, man, when you got, like, a, a two-game lead, you could fuck around at the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can win a you game. Can, and you can mess with them. Next week. Like, just lose next week, and you're fine. Like, <laughs> hey, let's get a nice win, get the fans excited, lose the final week just to be like, hey, we got the one seed still. Like, I gave, we gave you a win last week. Just enjoy it. Who do they play next week? The Ravens? I'm sure. I mean, it's going to be a division game. I don't. I don't know who it is though, off the top of my I, head. I do think it's the Ravens. Um, but go ahead and into our next matchup. The speaking of the Ravens, actually, they are favored by ten heading into Cleveland, where the Browns beat them early in the year. This week, a little bit of a different story. More reports coming out of OBJ not wanting to be there. Specific teams that he talked to, telling him that he wants out. Uh, it looked like it was, if I'm correct here, someone on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Someone from Seattle, and I think it was a game against the Patriots as well. And uh, Arizona. He, and uh, Arizona? Yeah. I don't know who the fuck you're telling. It. Maybe it fits, I guess. But you're telling someone to come get you, get you out of here. I mean, more reports come out. Whoever those play, whoever those people are um, are kind of snitches. I mean, OBJ know who he said that to if he did say it. So he's probably never going to talk to them again. Or maybe he's telling them to speak, to just kind of get it out there and be like, hey, I'm just going to say I want to be here, but get me the fuck out. Maybe that's his mindset. I hate that we're spending time talking on this because of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Um, if you were stupid enough at the beginning of the year offseason to just discredit any ability he had, um, you're stupid. I don't know why you're even doing this. I'm talking to myself here. He's looked phenomenal. He's great. This is a guy who is breaking professional athletes' ankles game after game. He's making plays. Honestly, though, just hope he can stay healthy into the playoffs so he can potentially face the Chiefs again and we can see a week three rematch because it's going to be a stellar game. We all know it. So I'm taking the Ravens to win here. They are favored by 10 in Cleveland. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so with the OBG, OBG, OBJ, Jesus Christ, OBJ. Spit it out, Jimmy. Seriously. Um, the reports that I'm reading is like he's doing it like during pregame shit and or during game talk where he's just yelling it. So I don't think it's like the person he was talking to doing it. I think everybody just hears it. I think he just doesn't even hide it. Um, the reports are that Jarvis Landry started doing it last week too against the the Cardinals. Those what? Two, two peas in a pod. Javaris, Land Javaris Landry is a fucking pro bowler. I yeah, I wanted. Uh, we ha 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 ha! You ever we see DJ Shark that. play? Thank you, thank you. Fuck! I was yeah. so, like, I was looking at the rosters, going, the AFC fucking sucks. Yeah. Josh Jacobs didn't even make it as a running back. Yeah. I, it was shocking. Like, I, I the first thing I looked at was wide receiver. I'm like, I know Jags. They probably aren't going to have any. Actually, the, the I should. I that's a lie. The first thing I looked at was defensive line because I wanted to see if Yannick Ngakwe or Josh Allen made it. Nope. Nope. Clayus Campbell did. So good for him. But how did Yannick Ngakwe or Josh Josh Allen specifically with the double digit sacks? Yannick Ngakwe is on fire the last three or four weeks. Like, so he. I get it. Like, he was injured, and so slow start, like, that can hurt you in there. But that's why I hate the Pro Bowl voting. But then I went to wide receiver. I'm like, Jarvis Landry? I'm like, I swear to God, Chark has better stats than him. And so I go and look. Jarvis Landry has seven catches for, I think, 58 yards more. And Chark has missed a game this year. And, and Chark has more touchdowns. I'm like, come on. 
Like, and that's with everybody knowing Shark is the guy. Landry, you get OBJ on the other side. Other teams are double teaming him every single week. It is ridiculous how that happens. But again, that's why I don't. Pro Bowl voting frustrates and, me. And one more thing: the Ravens had twelve players make it to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Has anyone that voted for the fucking Pro Bowl watched any other team play this season? No. People vote. Uh, so they go in to vote for their favorite player. This is how this works. They vote for their favorite player or favorite players. And then for everybody else, they go, who's the best team? Okay, I'm going to vote for somebody on that team. That's how this works. I'm sorry. There's not 12 Pro Bowlers from the Ravens. There's not. There should never be double-digit start pro bowlers on any team. Like, the Chiefs had six, and McCole Hardman made it as a return specialist. Which doesn't make sense. No, he has done nothing in the return game. Yes, he's been explosive on the offensive side of the ball at times, but not as a returner. So that makes me think, are there no good returners in the AFC? Honestly, there's really not. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But then... Chris Jones barely sneaks in. Frank Clark makes it in. Math, the Honey Badger, does not make it in. Once again, Mitchell Schwartz does not make it in. A guy who just shut down Vaughn Miller last week. I mean, every every edge rusher that faces Mitchell Schwartz fucking disappears. And I think I've said this before, but like Khalil Mack, when he was an all-pro in like two different positions, yeah, I honestly asked myself, how? Right. I've never once seen him do anything. It's yeah. because the only time I watched them play was when they played the Chiefs, and he was shut down by me. And like, time and time again, this dude is literally the best right tackle in the league. He gets voted for all pro, but not the Pro Bowl. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. I don't know. Just, <clears throat> it's fucking stupid. And honestly, and, I, and don't get me wrong, because I love I love the way he plays, and I, I had him on my fantasy team. I didn't understand Tyreek Hill making the Pro Bowl either. The dude's missed so many t- so much game, so many yes. games. Yes. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's, it's it's a popularity contest here. But I was just like, dude, there's a lot of really good wide receivers that probably deserve to be in over him. And it's not to take anything away from Hill. Hill, you were just injured. Like, we understand if you were healthy the whole year, you 100% would be in here. Like, that's clear as day, right? But guess what? He's young and he's going to make plenty more. Like, it, to me, it's just like, dude, guys like Chark and all these, all these other guys good up-and-coming wide receivers should have made it over him. But anyways, it, it's Pro Bowl voting. It's we've ta- We talked this during the offseason, how much, how to us it's so much more important for the first team, second team, ter- third team, all pros than any sort of Pro Bowl voting. We talked about it during like the Hall of Fame time because like they kept talking about how many Pro Bowls they made where I'm like, that doesn't really mean much. Like It means something, but it doesn't at the same time because one – it's a popularity contest. And two, you still get like pro bowl. If like you're the fifth alternate and five people say no, and then you end up going there like that counts as you making the pro bowl. So it's and weird. for them as well. Correct. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's weird. Um, but going back, I also am taking the Ravens. I think that they, I think they're pissed that they lost to him earlier in the year. And they're probably pissed about all the Browns fans talking shit saying yeah we still beat you and like after that game i know that browns fans are like yes yeah, we still got this like we can still win this division obviously can't now um and 
the reports are that they're uh, they're bringing Freddie Kitchens back. <laughs> they're stupid if they do. I mean, look at the play calling. I mean, it's not all just Baker Mayfield. No, but you know what? Maybe he maybe he puts it together this week once again. He goes, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just see what I can do. Oh shit, we beat the Ravens twice. That'd be interesting. Hopefully it does. I mean, I hope it honestly happens because that's just going to change some rankings, even if the Patriots lose as well. Hello, Chiefs in a bye week. But let's go ahead and move into our next game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling to Atlanta. Um, as mentioned earlier, the Falcons just played their Super Bowl against the 49ers, and they are favored by seven when facing the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are a team that just ruined and honestly killed the hopes and dreams of any Raiders fans of getting to see a win for the last time in the Coliseum. That just kind of goes to show you how done the Raiders are there and how ready everyone else is for them to just get the fuck out of town. So the Falcons favored by seven at home against Jacksonville Jaguars. I am going to take the Falcons here. I think they can do it. Minus seven. Jaguars are just kind of falling apart this end of the year. That's what I'm rolling with. I'm taking I'm taking the Falcons. Treese is smirking. This is going to be. No, I actually I'm taking the bait here and I'm taking the Jags. Uh, I I actually just think seven is too large. I I actually do still think the Falcons win this game, but I just don't know if they win by a touchdown. And uh, but I also think that they're going to be hyped about Coughlin being gone. And I think that they're hyped about that win, like that locker room. Like I've not seen that locker room that excited after after a game in a long time is what they were uh, after the Oakland game. And I think they're like, holy shit. We have we have Minshew back. Like, look what he just did again. Like, this dude can lead us back to victories in the second half. And I think the defense thrives off of it, knowing all we have to do is keep this to a one-score game. And this dude in the backfield wearing jorts and having a mustache <laughs> uh, will lead us to – can lead us to a win. Uh, and it sounds like DJ Chark's going to be back this week, so that's great. Uh, I just kind of think that they're going to be rolling. I think that, again, I still probably think they lose. I think that they probably have a chance to win it, and Minshew just kind of can't get that final drive going. But I don't think that the Falcons win by more than a touchdown. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Our next game is going to be another uh, toilet bowl with the New York Giants traveling to Washington to face the Redskins, where the Redskins are favored by two and a half. Um, I really don't have much to say to this game. The Redskins, they're in a questionable mark of their quarterback with Haskins. Who's going to be their head coach next year? Is Bruce Allen being fired? I mean, that hashtag is just floating all over Twitter. And the Giants, an emotional win for Eli Manning last week. I believe he is starting again this week, but it was great for him to get that one last win at home in front of the Giants faithful with his family there. Um, he mentioned that his son is probably not going to remember him being a quarterback in the NFL or playing in the NFL. So he made sure to get a picture with him so he can remember that. And the fact that it was his last game in New York is very special. So you love to see that. But within this game, I mean, I think I'm going to take the Redskins. I think their running game is just too much and there's not many weapons for the Giants. They're ready to just kind of get the season over with as well. But the Redskins, I mean, they got a lot of guys that have a lot to prove to be on that team next year because, honestly, there's just there's not much for them to build off outside of the fact of who's going to be their coach and who knows who's going to be there next season. So I'm taking the Redskins here, favored by two and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants here. I think that Saquon Barkley shows up this game. I think it's a 200-yard type game for him. 
I, I don't know why I think that. I just think it's going to be a huge game. Uh, read something that like on 37% of the drives, the Redskins defense gives up points, which is like an all-time high for them, like in a bad way. So I think that they just find ways to get going. I think this wide receiver core for the Giants is stepping up. You have Tate and you have Slayton. You get Shepard back. Uh, Ingram's on IR. They announced that the other day. But I think that with putting a healthy Barkley back there, who we all know can catch the ball, I think that this Giants offense just kind of, in a sense, explodes this week. I mean, it's going to be hard to disagree with you there. So this next matchup, the Detroit Lions are traveling to Denver where the Broncos are favored by six and a half. Drew Locke is not happy with the way he played in Kansas City. It was his return home to family and friends. He had over 50 of them in the stands, and he played like shit. A lot of missed throws, a lot of missed opportunities. So I'm actually going to take the Broncos here at home against the Lions, a team that's just falling over. And speaking of teams that are just ready for the season to get over, this is it right here because they're sitting here going shit. We got to deal with the freaking pencil fuck again. And now a general manager who can't get me any help. Here we go. And my quarterback's got a broken back. Lions are done. They are ready to just go into this offseason and just pray for a miracle that something changes. Dude, they're they're fighting to tr- get to the number two pick overall. Right now I think they're five, but they have basically the same record, right? The tie, the tie is what's put them at fifth rather than third or fourth um, or even second for that matter. Uh I think that they know that if they keep losing some games, some other teams win, they have a fight, fighting chance to get to the number two overall pick and get into that Chase Young battle. Uh, worst case scenario, third, and you get the cornerback out of uh, Ohio State. I, I think that's a big – either of those are a big win for the Detroit Lions heading into the offseason. You say get the quarterback out of Ohio State? Corner. Gotcha. Jeffrey Adu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought you said quarterback. I was like, what the hell? Uh, next game is going to be an AFC West matchup. The Oakland Raiders are traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers, where the Chargers are favored by five and a half. Uh, this is probably another home game for the Raiders, even though they played their last one last week, because the Chargers, man, no one just fucking cares in LA. I don't get it. They don't get it. They're playing in a soccer stadium. That might have a lot to do with it. Uh, but I'm going to take the Chargers here, favored by five and a half. The Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs, it looks like he is playing this week, so that's good for them. He is not playing. I'm pretty sure he is playing. He got announced out this afternoon. This afternoon he was announced out. Okay, I thought it was the other way around. Okay, so even more point to the Chargers winning by five and a half. Thank you. <laughs> You're, you are welcome, sir. Uh, yeah, I also am going to shake the Chargers. I think that this offense just gets rolling. I just don't think that the defense can get going. and Or, sorry, the Raiders defense can't get anything going against this offense. Uh, Mike Williams has been playing great lately. I think that Keenan Allen's up for a big game. Um, and I think that they need to really figure out these next two weeks. What are they going to do this offseason? Eckler and Gordon are both free agents. What is this front office and coaching staff going to do with these two running backs? And I think the next two weeks are going to really say a lot. I agree with you. I agree with you. So who who are you taking here in our next matchup with the Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks? Where the Seahawks are favored by nine and a half. I've been doing a lot of the speaking first, so let's change it up here. 
Uh, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. I think that even at nine and a half, big number, but just like the Niners, they know they have to win this right now. Last time the Seahawks were the number one seed, they lost the very next week, dropped back down to the five seed. I think that they don't want that. I think they want the NFC to run through Seattle. And the Cardinals, I mean, but yes, they won last week by a fantastic Drake, Kenyon Drake game. Thank you, Kenyon Drake. Um, but... Overall, they've sucked for the last month and a half. They were on a six-game losing streak, and they just beat up the poor, poor Browns. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks to win at home by double digits. I love it, and I'm I'm going to join you there. I think playing in Seattle for the Cardinals, young quarterback in Kyler Murray, first time there, it's going to be a lot to handle. It's going to be a difference for him playing late in December as well. I'm just rolling with the Seahawks here. Our next game, the Dallas Cowboys are favored by two and a half, traveling to Philadelphia, where the Eagles are kind of beat up and hindered. But quite the game for Miles Sanders last week. I wonder if they carried on, and this is just a duel out between running backs. Patrice, where are you at? This game is very tough. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think they pull it out. I think that they win the NFC East with this game. Uh, I think that this is a big Amari Cooper game. Big time boom game for him. Uh, after a very poor performance last week, again, he got shut down by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think he's ready to take on a very poor Eagles defensive backfield. And yeah, I think that they're going to do that. I think the team, the Eagles defense tries to focus in on Zeke, try to slow him down, and you just can't do that. Like, you can't load the box because Cooper's Cooper and Gallup, for that matter, are both way too talented and will beat one-on-one coverage all day long. So I think this game is going to go one of two ways for the Eagles' defense. Their defensive coordinator loves to just call random fucking blitzes at times, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, depending on the situation in a game. Sometimes it pays off, a lot of the time it doesn't. So this is going to be one of those games where he calls him at the right time and catches Dak off guard and creates a turnover, and the Eagles will get short field. Carson Wentz does just enough for them to score and win this game. Or this defensive coordinator calls a blitz. Dak sits there and goes, I'm just going to wait for Mark Cooper to make this cut. Boom, there it is, and he's gone. It's going to be one or two ways. Eagles, just not much to the receiver position. You're too banged up. Your offensive line's beat up. I'm taking the Cowboys. After what they did last week to the to the Rams, it's just something for them to build off to heading into the playoffs. All right. Sweet. Next matchup is a Sunday night game where the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by five traveling to Chicago. This is a game that I'm going to be at. This is a game I'm excited for. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, here's my thing that I'm scared of. Three of the four losses for Kansas City have been in primetime games. Not too hot of a look, right? Kind of something to be worried about. This Bears team, Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy, that relationship. What's it looking like? What's it going to happen? Is Nagy getting fired? Is Mitchell Trubisky out of a job? Who knows? This is also Nagy's first time playing Andy Reid, a guy that who's his boss and his mentor. This is going to be interesting to see. This defense, does it come alive against the Chiefs? I have already said Khalil Mack disappeared when playing Mitchell Schwartz. Does he this week? It's going to be an interesting game, but one I'm excited for, not only to watch, but to be present in Soldier Stadium. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, something I'm excited for, but I'm taking the Chiefs by five. 
Um, I am as well. <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't. Th- I just don't think the Bears team is very good. I, I don't trust the don't trust the offense. Sure, Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, good good receivers. Running back, they don't know how to use their running backs at this point. And the defense honestly hasn't been that good. And they don't get pressured at all. Offensive line for the Chiefs are very good. Uh, give Mahomes some time with a healthy Tyreek Hill, which something that hasn't happened very much this year is a deep Tyreek Hill touchdown. Um, and when I say deep, I mean like 70 plus yards that we're used to seeing. He obviously had a 40 yarder this year. I think he had a 50 yarder the first week back after injury where he had that crazy catch in between two guys. Mm. And I, that's it. Everything else has actually been short touchdowns for him. I think those are the only two that I can remember, only two long touchdowns that he he's had. Uh, I think that it's about time they finally just hit him over the top one time. Just be like, all right, here we go. And um, the way you, they used Kelsey in the snow was fantastic. I think you have to have those safeties biting on anything that goes to Kelsey at this point. And, yeah, I think that it's going to be a big game for this offense, for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Perfect. So our last matchup of this week, this is a huge division game. This is a huge decision maker for how the playoffs are set up for the NFC. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers playing in Minnesota against the Vikings, where the Vikings are favored by four and a half. This is a big game. Dalvin Cook goes down to shoulder injury last game. Not sure if he's playing. I believe reports did come out that he is going to try and play, which is good for the Vikings, but I'm actually going to take the Packers to win this game. Aaron Rodgers knows that they're at the end of the season. His career is coming to an end at some point within the next five years. He is going to be hanging up the cleats. This is his last, probably his last opportunity to make a true run at the Super Bowl with this team. And I think he's making it notice or making it very knowledgeable to his teammates that, hey, like we need to buckle down and get after it. And we need to win this game at that's not at home and head into playoffs with some type of advantage of this division and then whoever we face. Because if you can get a team to travel to Green Bay to play in that weather in December or January, it's a tough, tough matchup, especially with some of these teams in the NFC playing in domes. So the Packers, I am taking to win this game by four and a half. This is a tough one because at the start of the season, you picked the Packers to win this division. I took the Minnesota Vikings. This game almost in a sense decides that. It does Uh, decide it. So... I mean that that's why I want to take the Vikings, but Dalvin Cook's not, Dalvin Cook's not there. Uh, Madison might not be playing, so they might be relying on Matt Boone as running back. Uh, we know that if it's fair or not, we know Kirk Cousins has never won a primetime game like this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's fair, but I mean, we got to just pull that out there. Uh, shit, man. Fuck it. Yep. I'm going with the Vikings. Let's oh, what go. an idiot. Let's do this. I mean, I got to stick to my, my guns that I that I was saying all offseason. So, yep. Minnesota. Let's go. Go whatever we are. What, what What's their saying? I don't know. Skull? But, like, I don't know. I don't know what they say. Whatever Vikings fans say. Yeah, they do that skull chant or whatever. Skull clap. Skull clap. We're gonna lose. Clap. <laughs> I mean, we had a nice thing going until you had to ruin it with that. Like yep, we were I did. clapping, and but here we are. 
It's, you know, look at us. <laughs> the thought. <laughs> Not me. Ah. All right. Okay. I think that does it. So we're going to sign off because one, I got to edit this shit. And two, I need to go buy my senior bowl flight tickets. So let's go. Let's go. Five weeks away at this point. Fantastic. Super excited about that. Um, but everybody, enjoy week 16. Enjoy the holidays. We're getting super close to Christmas time. Enjoy it with the family. Enjoy it with us. And tonight we've been talking football.